Smith, that's Jerry White, our missionary to Tanzania. Amen? Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad they're giving physical water, but with that, they give the living water, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand and take our Bible. Psalm 68. Psalm 68. If you're, uh, you don't have a Bible, look around you, folks, if you could share your Bible with someone who doesn't have one and help them just follow right along with the Psalm 68 tonight. And uh, we're praying the Lord will fill our hearts and touch our lives. I want to thank the three men that helped me with the object illustration today. And uh, brother, brother Josh looked like a real Moses today, did he not? Amen. And uh, one of the men said, I feel like my bicep grew by one centimeter holding his arm up during that time. But uh, well, we thank the Lord for those men that helped that. And we, we just need to be reminded, it's, it's very true, we need to hold up holy hands. And we need to hold up, lift up heavy hands. And we're praying the Lord will do that this week in all of our ministries. And we pray that God will be glorified. Psalm 68, I want you to just follow with me the first three verses tonight. And uh, we're just going to let the Lord work in our heart tonight. Say amen if you're here tonight. Amen. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee from before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Our Father, tonight, what a thought. Let God arise. And this evening we ask that you arise in our church. Father, I pray that tomorrow morning you arise in every devotion. I pray this week you'd arise in every prayer time. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd arise in our service tonight. As we look at what the psalmist saw and what it helps us with tonight, arise in our soul. The Bible says, you promise your word, you'll never suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. Tonight we need you to feed our souls. I pray that tonight you'd shepherd your flock, even as you said in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I pray tonight that you lead us beside the green, make us lie down in green pastures. I pray that you lead us beside the still waters. I pray this evening that you would restore our soul. I pray that God, our vision of God, our understanding of you would be so enhanced and drawn closer to you this evening. I pray through this this evening as we see what the psalmist had to say here. David had to say about this at a wonderful time in the history of Israel. I pray that Lord would cause our hearts rejoice in the Lord. Oh, bless our time together. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon me. I pray for a fresh, holy anointing. Lord, even as Jeremiah said, Lord, touch my lips that the words of God would come forth from my mouth. Help me, Lord, tonight just to be a feeding shepherd today and feeding the flock of God which is among us taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, nor for filthy lucre, but of a willing mind. Oh, Lord, tonight, this is your heritage. This is God's heritage tonight. And I pray this evening this flock will be better because of what we've read and what we study tonight. We pray for this now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Psalm 68 is a messianic psalm. It's a psalm of David. We know it's a messianic psalm because notice verse 18. In verse 18, David said, Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts from him, yea, for the rebellious also the Lord God might dwell among them. 
This is a prophetical psalm that we find in this psalm, this messianic psalm. Verse 18 is repeated by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4.8. Notice in Ephesians 4.8, the very same words are mentioned with the exception towards the latter part of verse 18. He says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, thank God for the death of Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross of Calvary, man. And thank God tonight for the resurrection of our Savior from the dead. Paul, the apostle said, I declare unto you the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But thank God tonight for the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ as well. There too. You see, with the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, he, when he ascended up on high, it was the finishing touch on the finished work of Jesus Christ. He's not on a cross, a wooden cross, where he dies and repeated, transactions repeated over and over again. He died once and for all, for all of our sins. When Jesus ascended up on high, the men of the, of the disciples were looking up to heaven. The angel of God said, why stand you here gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus shall come in like manner as you've seen him gone up. The ascension was necessary to say the work of Jesus Christ is finished once and for all on the cross. That's why I love Hebrews 10.10. By the which will we are sanctified by the offering the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's a great song that J. Wilbur Chapman wrote in our hymnals. Once for all Jesus died for our sins. But notice something else. The ascension of Jesus Christ was necessary so that he could assume his rightful place at the right hand of the Father and assume the high priestly ministry as our intercessor before God, before you and I. To assume his place as the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The ascent of Jesus Christ was necessary because as he left, the promise of the Savior would be fulfilled, the promise of the comfort that would come and indwell every believer. Hey, mommy, you're glad tonight the Holy Spirit lives inside you. Amen. He told us that the comforter would come, and the word comforter is our word paraclete. It means the one who comes alongside of us, that best friend who puts his arm around you, your time of trouble, your time of need. He is our teacher who helps us understand the word of God. He is the one who endues us and indwells us and enables us to have the power of God in our life. But his ascension was also necessary. As we look at Psalm 68, 18 and Ephesians 4, 8, his ascension was necessary to give gifts for men. He says here, and he says, thou hast received gifts for men in Ephesians 4 8 when he set it up on high he let captivity captive hey I'm glad tonight he emptied out paradise and took them all the way up to the third heaven amen he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men hey beloved tonight the ascension of Jesus Christ was necessary so that the gifts of the Holy Spirit could be administered to you and I those gifts that are spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Peter chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 4 those gifts that are necessary for the service of the local New Testament Church, I believe this evening that the psalm, the Psalm 68, is pointing to the church. It is pointing to the body of Christ as the place where God would, would dwells among His people and, and works through us. You see, as we look at verse 18, the Bible says in verse 18 that uh, that the Lord might dwell among them. All throughout Psalm 68, the emphasis is on the presence of God, the presence of God amidst His people. Please understand the background of Psalm 68. Psalm 68 was written around the time, I think around when 2 Samuel 7, we have the record, 2 Samuel 6 there, of the record when David brought the ark of God back into Jerusalem. And you know the story there that he messed up the first time. He didn't have the Levites carry the ark. And there were specific instructions God gave in Exodus about the Levites carrying the ark and how there would be uh, two poles that would go through the, the, the hooks that were inside there. And four men would carry the ark of God. And of course, the ark of God being symbolic of the very presence of God. 
And they knew that and they would have that ark there to remind them constantly of the Lord. And David is bringing this ark back to Jerusalem and is a powerful symbol of the presence of God. Many of those people could not see what was inside the inside that Holy of Holies. But we know inside the Holy of Holies, there are wonderful contents there that speak eloquently to you and I about the presence or the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the very gospel message is contained inside that ark. We think about the the pot that was filled with manna speaking about Christ being the bread of life and the two tablets of stone pointing to the law of the Ten Commandments were there and the law speaking about the fact it points us to the fact that we are sinners under God it shows us that we're sinners and of course the bread of life being represented through Christ and then of course we have the Aaron's rod uh, Aaron's rod that budded yeah, speaking of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ there how life comes out of death and uh, we see there also when the when the priest would go in there with a basin of blood and with his he would sprinkle upon the mercy seat that covered the ark of God that was a picture of Jesus his blood being sprinkled on every sinner and when you look at the whole ark of God it speaks so eloquently to you and I about this about the gift of salvation and Christ dying for every sinner and so the ark was coming back into Jerusalem and they wanted the ark back so wonderfully and David of course you remember in 2nd Samuel 6 he's dancing before the ark of God and leading a celebration clothed in white linen and there's excitement and there's jubilation and there's exhilaration that the ark of God has come back and they were celebrating that the presence of God was back in Jerusalem. And as we read Psalm 68, the occasion here, he says, let God arise. He's saying, let God be evident. Let God's presence be real. Let God's presence be among us. Let's be revived because the presence of God here. Hey, listen, there should be something that comes inside of your soul and my soul and your heart and my heart. By the very fact we come to church, we come to be in the presence of God. We want God to be here. We want God to be in our praying time. We want God to save souls. We want God to be in the preaching. We want God to be in the music. We want God to be in the choir. We want God to be in everything that we do. Amen. I mean, I don't know about you tonight, but there ought to be something about I'm excited about coming to church because I'm going to meet with the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the one who saved me from all my sins. I'm thankful for a God who loves us tonight. Let God arise, he said. Let God arise. Let's be sure we acknowledge that God is arising. Oh, tonight, may God arise in our imagination and may God arise in our soul and may God arise in our personal life that we give honor and glory to Christ. I want you to notice several things about this passage of Scripture. Number one, would you notice in verses three and four, let God arise in our worship. Notice in verse three, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that writeth upon the heavens by name, by, by, by his name, Jah, and rejoiceth before him. Now, I could take these two verses. And the concluding verses of this chapter, and I'll tell you, that's everything you need to know about worship. Amen? I mean, just all the books on worship, everything you need to know about worship is right here. Notice what he says here. Let the righteous be glad. You know what David said? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you you glad to be in church tonight? Are you glad that Jesus saved you from your sins? Aren't you glad you have a King James Bible in your possession? Amen? I'm saying tonight, aren't you glad about that? Listen, it was so wonderful this past, so refreshing this past week. Having 6,000 brethren assembled there and hearing the preaching of God's word and the 450 voice choir of several churches that combined together to saying how great thou art and just giving glory to God. It was a wonderful thing to be with fellow pastors from around the United States of America and Filipino pastors as we went out across the various areas and going soul winning and several hundred got saved last Saturday. Some of us did youth rallies. Others went personal soul winning. I talked to Pastor Mike Mutcher who pastors up in Beaver Creek, Oregon, one of the great pastors of our generation. I said, Brother Mutcher, how'd your day go? 
He's a brother following and went with brother Gray and went with another preacher. And we thank the Lord as we were out. Twenty seven people trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. I mean, just things like that excite my soul and reports coming back of children getting saved and teenagers getting saved and adults getting saved. I mean, there's something about that that touches our hearts there. But we want God to rise in our worship. Worship is a time of gladness and not sadness. Worship is a time of gladness and not madness. And listen, we come to church. We're bothered because of the traffic. We're bothered because something happened at home. We're bothered about problems we have tomorrow. Hey, let's just put those things aside and give the church and say, I'm glad I'm in the house of God tonight. Amen. And so we see that worship, he says here, uh, that he said here in verse 3, let the righteous be glad. But then he says, let them rejoice before God. Oh, I tell you, the missing element in our hearts is the joy of the Lord. I was reading Nehemiah chapter 8 this past week. I was so moved as they had a revival of the Word of God. As Ezra stood up and the book was open, he started reading to the people. And the Bible reminds us they gave a fourth a part of the day to the Word of God and a fourth a part of the day to fasting. They gave the reading of God's Word and they gave understanding. They might understand it. And the people were weeping. Hey, when was the last time we wept when God's Word was read to us? Oh, the people were weeping there as God's word was being read. And he says, listen, don't be bothered by that. He said, drink the sweet, eat the fat. That's a blessing. Amen. Eat the sweet, eat, drink the sweet and eat the fat. And he says, listen, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I remind you today that I believe some of us have lost our joy. I believe some of us, the devil has stolen our joy. Listen, we ought to rejoice when souls get saved. We ought to rejoice when God answers prayer. We ought to rejoice when there are victories in other people's lives. We ought to rejoice that the Lord is on His throne. Hey, are you rejoicing when, 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 when you're going through trials and difficulties? I'm just saying today, the Bible says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Notice something else. He says, Sing unto God. That's part of worship. Worship is singing to God, sing praises to his name, extol or praise him that writeth upon the heavens. I mean, just worship is a time we just let our hearts and our souls and our thoughts and imaginations wander from all of our problems and difficulties. And we just get ourselves to the heavenlies and worship God. Listen, worship is not about you and it's not about me and it's not about a performance. Worship is all about our heavenly father tonight. Worship has no time limit. I've said this many times when they made those altars. They weren't on a schedule. You can't rush God when you worship. They made those altars. They put those stones and a sacrifice would be made on there. A burnt sacrifice. Can you imagine the pungent smell of that sacrifice going on? Hey, there ought to be a sweet smelling odor coming from our worship to God. Listen, when there was, an offer, there was an offering, a sacrifice made on that altar. Something had to die. Hey, every now and then when we worship God, we need to die. We need to die to self and we need to die to our sins and we need to die to those habits and we need to die to those things. Listen, we are not appropriately and biblically worshiping God if something's not dying every time we come to that altar. Worship should move us to tears. Worship move, should move us to sacrifice. Worship should help us to see our unworthiness and his greatest. I just say today, let God arise in our worship. But notice, secondly, let God arise in, in our wars. The psalmist, he's writing, is very cognizant. Of the wars around him. David was very cognizant that at any moment of time the Philistines could attack. At any moment of time the Amalekites could reassemble and attack. Their constant foes were the Amalekites and the Philistines. Yes, there were other, other problems they had out there. There were the Syrians and so forth. But none of them compared to the ongoing problem he had with the Philistines and the ongoing problem he had with the Amalekites. Notice what he says in verse 1. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. Ex wax melted before the fire, so let the wicked perish of the presence of God. Go down with me for just a little bit, if you would. And notice in verse 7. 
17, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the Holy Place. By the way, what that's telling you is God is ready to fight your battle for you. Verse 21, he says, but God shall wound the head of these enemies and the hairy scalp of such a one as gold on steel and his trespass. As we said today, listen, brother and sister in Christ, we are in a spiritual battle right now. And that spiritual battle we're going on, that's going on right now is the devil, the flesh and the world fighting you and I. Amalek wants to attack you from behind. Amalek wants to attack you when you're weak. Amalek wants to attack you when you're wounded. Amalek wants to attack you when you're not looking. Amalek wants to attack you when things are going well. Amalek wants to attack you after you've had your devotions. Amalek wants to attack you after you've answered God's answered prayer. God, Amalek wants to attack you at the, at the time you least expect it to happen there. We are in a spiritual battle, but let God arise in our wars. Listen, we need God to rise in our battle tonight. We need God to help us in what we're doing. Let God arise in our life as we put on the whole arm of God. Let Him arise as we gird our loins with truth. And we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let God arise as we our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. And let God arise as the helmet of salvation is upon our head, protecting our thoughts and getting our thoughts about the Lord. And let God arise in the shield of faith to absorb those fiery darts of the wicked one. And let God arise in the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I'm saying today, as we resist the devil, let God arise. As we hold the shield of faith, let God arise. As we strongholds come down upon us, let's pray down those strongholds. Listen, rise and pray for doors to be open. I'm saying, let God arise in our spiritual wars. We are in a battle right now for the souls of men. Let God arise. I'm reminded of a man by the name of Josh Chamberlain down in the Civil War. Man, Josh Chamberlain got to the place where their army was decimated down there in Atlanta, Georgia. They got it decimated. They didn't look like they were going to make it. And they sent a request for troops to come. And the troops were making their way. And it didn't look like they were going to make it. And Josh Chamberlain's troops were decimated down to about 100 men. And several of them were wounded. They didn't know how they were going to make it. All of them only had one bullet left to fire inside their rifle. And listen, Josh Chamberlain made a decision as a colonel at that moment in time. He just put, took out his he took out his saber. And he said, we're going to lead a charge. And he took the enemy by surprise. He led a charge. And 100 men routed three or 4,000 soldiers. and took them by surprise and took them captive. Those enemy never never knew those men only had one bullet left inside the chamber of their rifles. Listen, we need some Christians who have a Josh Chamberlain attitude. Let God arise in our wars. Let God arise about. Listen, if you're trying to fight your spiritual battle against the devil, the flesh and the world, you and I are going to lose if we try to fight in our own flesh. Jesus, the captain of our salvation. I remind you tonight that the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. May I remind you this evening that they that are with us are more than they that be in the world. I tell you this evening, let God arise in our wars. Let's realize tonight as we face those spiritual battles which are real, which are ongoing, let God arise for you and I. Let God arise in our worship. Let God arise in our wars. But notice verses 5 and 6. Listen to me very carefully tonight. Let God arise for the wounded. Notice what he says in verse 5 and 6. Kind of an interesting thought here. He says, A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Circle these words, would you with me? The fatherless. The widows. The solitary. How many understand this evening, the family and the home is a battleground right now. They're battlegrounds in families that are not saved. They're battlegrounds for people that are saved. 
And I want to tell you tonight that we need God to rise in our homes and our families. Notice he says, a father of the fatherless. Maybe tonight, that passage of scripture, just that one phrase is speaking to some young person who has a great desire for God. And maybe you live in a home, you're the first generation of Christians in your home, and your mother and father don't, I really don't appreciate what you're all about, or coming to church, they're giving you pressure, they're telling you not to read your Bible, they're telling you not to pray, they're telling you not to spend so much time in church, they get angry when they find out that you put, uh, uh, put money into the offering, in fact, even the fact that you're tithing, may I remind you tonight, God loves you, and God's conservative, He knows you've been wounded by words, and you've been wounded by, by things they've said, but I want to tell you tonight, He's a father of the fatherless this evening. I wonder tonight if I'm talking to some teenager, you've got saved parents, but maybe your zeal for God happens to be a little bit more hotter than your parents. First of all, love your parents because they're still your parents. Number two, just keep on serving God. Just keep on serving God. He said, Father, Father, but notice something else here. He says here, he's a judge of the widows. God said it's the solitary and family. You know what he's saying to us tonight? There are homes that are struggling, that are wounded, where maybe a spouse is going through abuse. Maybe there's a situation where it just basically they're, it's like they're cohabitants. Husband and wife are cohabitants, but they're really not husband and wife. And they're struggling in their marriage. There is no communication. There's no exchange of love. There's no kindness there. There's compassion there. There's a lack of forgiveness there. And listen, God comes down for every home, every husband and every wife that is wounded in your home. And he says... He he says the solitary family. Let me tell you tonight. He's there for you if you're single. He's there for you if you're in sorrow. He's there for you if you're solitary. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter how hard it is. Listen, bless God tonight. God, let God arise for those who are wounded this evening in our homes. Several years ago, I, was, I preached a, um, a staff training session for Brother Chapel. A young man who was in the master's program at West Coast Baptist College was assigned to be my driver to drive me back from where I w- we were at all the way back up to uh, the airport in Ontario. Good boy. Really good boy. Some of our graduates would know if I said his name. Really good boy. And I told my wife, I said, man, I'm really impressed this kid. When he goes back to his church, I think God's going to use him. We happened to go to a foreign country several years ago and, uh, and, and was blessed because the folks that came to pick me up, he happened to be in the car. And I didn't know he was a member of that church where I was supposed to preach that Sunday. And he was in the car. I said, how are you doing? He said, man, I'm married. And, you know, he was just so excited about the Lord. While I was in, while I was in the Philippines this week, I was with some dear friends of mine that, that minister here in, in, in California. And uh, they, had, they have family overseas. And, uh, and one of them said, hey, pastor, they said, did, did you remember? And they told me, I said, yeah, how's he doing? They said, well, he's got a child. I said, that's so great. And they said, yeah, but you know what? Would you pray for him? I said, what's the matter? They said, well, you know what? He, he, he married and he's excited. He knows God's calling to preach, but they don't know what happened. His wife got up one day and just decided to leave. She never came back. They're not even in the 30s yet, Brother AJ. I said, do they know where she's at? They don't know where she's at. And he left behind, she left behind her son and her, and her husband. And he's struggling right now because he's wondering, how can I be a preacher? And how can I be used of God in this kind of situation? He's so discouraged. It reminds you today, God set the solitary in their place. God's not finished with you. God's not done with you. God still loves you. And even though it doesn't all know how it's going to turn out. Remind you today, when Joseph was in the pit and when Joseph was in prison, he didn't know exactly how it was going to turn out too. 
And if you think you got it bad, just go back and read through Joseph. We were talking about this the other day. Just read about Joseph. The man that he helped get, get, get out of the prison, that man totally forgot all about Joseph. And he languished in prison for two more years. And I tell you tonight, God's here for the wounded. Let God arise for the wounded. Let God arise in our worship. Let God arise in our worship. But you notice something else tonight. Would you notice verses 7 to 9? Let God arise in our weariness. O God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when thou didst march through the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Thou, O God, didst send a rain, a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. People do get tired. People do get worn out and exhausted. It could be your job is making you weary. It could be a problem you have is making you weary. But I want to tell you tonight, God says he's there for the weary. Let God arise in our weariness. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. By the way, how many believe tonight that the best rest you can get is found in Jesus Christ? Amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let me remind you today, the outward man may perish, but the inner man is renewed day by day. Listen, you may be, you may be weary in soul, and maybe you're at a point in your Christian life because you're so weary physically, and you're so weary spiritually, and you've been battle scarred by trials and difficulties and issues going on, and it's ongoing and ongoing. Let me remind you today, what you just take, take just a moment and say, God, you said in your word that you're there for the weary, and you said casting all your care upon me for I care for you listen just cast your care upon the Lord and realize today that he giveth more grace and realize today that his strength is made perfect in weakness and realize today that God's grace is sufficient for all your need even though you're weary right now in soul and you're weary of the words and you're weary of the abuse and weary of the problem hey thank God tonight we have a God who says I will arise in your weariness tonight the God arise in your weariness we get tired and weary of what we're doing but I tell you what be not weary and well doing for in due season we shall reap and we faint not Notice something else tonight. Let God arise in our worship. Let God arise in our wars. Let God arise in our, for the wounded. Let God arise for the weary. But you notice verse 11 tonight. Listen to me tonight. Let God arise in our witness. Look at that passage. The Lord Gave the word. How many glad tonight you've got the word? Amen. Let God arise. The Lord gave the word. What word? The everlasting gospel. The gospel of peace. The word of God that never fails. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. The Lord gave the word. Listen, he gave the word back then. And by the way, he's given us the word to take unto all the nations. Go ye and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them all things whatsoever I command you. And Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Remind you today, we have an everlasting gospel. Listen, authors of worldly books, they will become obsolete and they will get old. But listen, the Bible never grows old. And the Bible becomes sweeter as time goes by. The word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are are true and righteous altogether. The fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. Listen, the judgments of the Lord are righteous and true altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey, that's honey and the honeycomb. 
Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, the keeping of them there's great reward. I remind you today, the Lord gave the word. And by the way, he's given the word to you and me to be a witness of Jesus Christ to everyone we come in contact with. Well, we have the special, the special opportunity this month, as we've, we're going to be pressing on this about the Easter outreach and reaching people for Christ. I want you to notice something here. The Lord gave the word, and I like this part. Great was the company of those that published it. Amen. Let's not be sporadic in our witness. Let's be great in the company that worshiped it. Amen. Let's not be minimal in our, in our witness. Let's be great as the company of those who published it. You know, listen, it ought to be that we're so excited about Jesus and we're so in tune with the resurrection of Christ and we're so desiring the souls be saved. It ought to be that every one of these Saturdays we don't have less than 100 people show for so many to reach people for Jesus Christ. And by the way, if you can't make a Saturday, that doesn't mean that you're a bad Christian. It doesn't mean you're a disobedient Christian. But you can find time between Monday and Friday to come join one of us to go so many. Come on. Yes, sir. What to God, some of you take your, front, your Sunday afternoon between, the, especially if you're not preaching, between 1 and 4, why don't you go so many? How about Saturday afternoon, you go with the group going to the parks as we distribute the parks and maybe knock on a few more doors. By the way, I just learned this. Uh, there are a lot of people home on Saturday afternoon, too. Yes, sir. Anna Lopez, who just started coming to our church in October, I took Brother Andy you with me, went knocking. I say, Andy, I said, uh, what are you doing this afternoon? He says, not a whole lot. I said, that's a typical teenager. You just come with me. Not a whole lot. Amen. We went over here just five minutes away from here. And he said, where are we going? I said, we're going to an area where we can't park our cars. But we're going to park and we're going to walk. We started walking, knocking on doors. Every home I knocked on, we talked to somebody. Not about you. I'm just thankful to talk to somebody, even if they don't talk back to me. Amen. You know, we came to this home on the same street. Brother Don, too, lives on across the street from where he's at. Knocked on the door. The lady opened the door. She said, started to engage with us in conversation. I said, why don't you come to church? She came that far. She hasn't missed a Sunday since then. Says right over here every Sunday morning there. And God, God's just working her life. Third Sunday she was here. She said, God, she said, Pastor, God worked in my heart. Just rededicated my life to the Lord. I, she, I was far away from God. Rededicated my life to the Lord. She's, she can't be here on most Sunday nights because she has to leave at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning to get, get to work there. And she's a little bit concerned about her schedule. And also her husband was giving her some pressure because he's not safe. But I'm just saying today, you know, what we need to have is a spirit here in verse 11. The Lord gave the word. He's entrusted us with his word. We are stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord gave the word. Great was the copy of those that published it. I'm just saying today, let's, let's just be witnesses where we're at. Let's have a great copy of our people. It ought to be 250 people here tonight. 250 of us who take 10 flyers and give them out in the next few days. That'd be 2,500 flyers that go out, plus 2,000 mailers that go out. And plus every week, if we can get 5,000 flyers out a week, listen, we'll get 25,000 out. I kind of like to be the place by the last week of this month, we're out of flyers. I have to order more to get them out for that week. Amen? Amen. You say, well, that's a lot of flyers. Hey, there's a lot of souls that need to know yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. I told our singles we were planning to do a missions trip to go to Thailand. And, and, and I met with our missionaries. They were there at the conference. And, and, and they're good missionaries. But the Lord's been working my heart. I felt like a, a missions trip that's going to impact and change your lives would be something like going to Dr. Rick Martin's place in Elo Baptist Church. And I just told one of, the, one of our, our, our leaders, and I said, hey, listen, I'm, just, I'm going to change things. I'm going to see if we can later this year lead a group to Elo Baptist Church. And listen, you want to see real ministry. And by the way, you get to do it all in English there, too. Of course, they'll speak in the Ilongo dialect, but you can do it in, in English as well there, too. And we're just praying that God, God will work through and touch. I'll tell you what, I went there one time. It changed my life. They stood on the platform, Dr. Rick Martin. Dr. Army Jasalva. Yes. Dr. Army Jasalva is a product of the work of Dr. Bob Hughes, who went there as a missionary when 
missions was just starting to originate there. Bob Hughes died in his early 40s of cancer. But one man he poured his life into was a medical doctor, medical student by the name of Army Gisalva. Army Gisalva today has a church that in Cebu City has over 15,000 people going to church throughout that area. Bible Baptist Church of Cebu. And it's easy to find the church because all you got to do is when you arrive, you can get on a cab or call Uber and just tell them this. Take me to the church where on the side of the wall it says what the Bible says. That's how you get to that church there. And to see on that platform Dr. Army Gisalva and Dr. Rick Martin, Rick Martin who went there, who heard Bob Hughes preach in the last six months of Bob Hughes' life, and he felt called of God to go there, trained under Dr. Brother Hughes for a period of time, stayed with Army Gisalva for a period of time, and now Rick Martin has a work where there's one new work being established every six days from the work that Rick Martin has done. And if you get around Rick Martin, Rick Martin is one of the most unassuming, humble men you've ever known, and yet this man, the power of God is all over this man's life. He's got ministries to leper colonies. He's got ministries to people that are blind. He's got preachers that are blind that walk out into the mountain areas with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pastor and congregation of 50, 60, 70 people. I just say today, the Lord gave the word. God's given us the word. We have no excuse. Great is the company of those that publish it for God's glory. Let God arise in our witness. Would you let him do that? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Hey, will you help us? Will you join us? Will you let God arise in our witness, if you would, please? But notice something else tonight. Let God arise in our worship. Let God arise in our wars. Let God arise for those who are wounded. Let God arise for us when we're weary. Let God arise for us in our witness. Would you notice verse 27 tonight? Let God arise in our weaknesses. Excuse me, verse 28. Thy God has commanded thy strength. That's a, that's a very powerful thought. It's not a wishful thought. He commanded his strength. Strengthen, O God, which thou hast wrought for us. You know what that's telling you and me? We're nobody. We're nothing. You don't understand what I bring to the table. We bring nothing to the table. We are nobody. God, God is not attracted to your strength or my strength. He's attracted to our weaknesses. God is attracted to you. He wants to do in your life and my life like he, like he did with Jacob. Jacob spent most of his life as a conniver, as a manipulator, and all or whatever there. He was a heel grabber from the moment of his birth. And God brought him to the place where when he found out his brother Esau was going to meet him with 450 trained armed servants. Listen, he got scared. And the Bible tells us he sent the rest of the family over the brook Jabbok. And if Jacob was left alone, there comes a time in your life and mine, God's going to take you and me and put us alone. You've got to realize that your resources are not going to help you. Your bank account's not going to help you. Your job is not going to help you. Your good health is not going to help you. Your wealth is not going to help you. It's meaningless. There's nothing. Listen, I know a lot of people have got a lot of things, but they don't have a lot of happiness from God. And while he's there, the, the Lord met him and wrestled with him. He touched the hollow of his thigh. You know this and I know this. The strongest part of your body are your thighs. 
When he touched that hollow of his thigh, the Bible says the sinew of his, of his thighs shrank up. And listen, he was disabled and he fell to the ground and he clung on to God. And the angel of the Lord, which is our pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ, said, let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Hey, we need to be the place where God has to disable us and help us to realize how weak we are. And so we can hold on to God and say, God, I, I want to let you go till you bless me. And by the way, the Bible says he did not prevail until God blessed him. Thy God has commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hast wrought for us. Amazed that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God doesn't need wisdom and intelligence. Listen, I'm not against this. I'm thankful for the, the apologists who go to these universities, these strongholds of Satan, and argue and debate with them about evolution, creation. But I, I will tell you this. With all their debating all their, and all of that, which we need to have. It doesn't compare to getting somebody to church to hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. And so is getting saved. Yeah. This intellectual Christianity is not going to change the world. It's not intellectual Christianity change the world. It's Holy Spirit and dude Christianity is going to change the world. We've gone from Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where we now we've morphed ourselves and becoming the people like 1 Corinthians where they were intelligent people. And they in Corinth, remember, when Paul went from Athens, he went from the intellectual capital of the world to the world, the emporium of the world at Corinth there. And they, they basically said people went there if they wanted a job and people went to Corinth if they wanted to be successful. Listen, the Bible tells us not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And I'm just saying to you tonight, listen, we need to get ourselves, if nothing else tonight, we need to bring ourselves to the altar of God and say, Lord, I am nothing before you you. God, I have no strength. I have no ability. But God, give me your strength. Because the Bible says in verse 28, thy God has commanded thy strength. We need his power. Without me, you can do nothing. Who are we to think we could do something for God? Listen, we're not going to accomplish this Easter project of, of any of our... It doesn't matter how good the choir is. And it doesn't matter how good the orchestra is. And they better be good. Amen. It doesn't mean anything if we're not weak before God and fall prostrate before our faces before God. Say, God, we need you right now. Yes. Go ahead, preacher. We need you. But God, arise in our weakness. We're such a macho society. <clears throat> we're so pretentious. We want to hide our defects. Kim Fook was a young girl that lived in Saigon. Lived in Saigon. The army mistaken the place where she and other children were hiding out. Thinking that was North Vietnamese that were there, communists that were there. They dropped napalm all throughout there. What they thought was a safe haven became an infernal fire. And Kim Fu came running out of that place and her clothes had literally burned off and her back for many, many years was battle scarred and, and just, just weakened. And she went through so many horrific things and then abused and misused by the North, the North Vietnamese government. But listen, Kim Folk will stand before this congregation, before other places like she did at Spiritual Leadership Conference. And like I've heard her before, she'll stand and give her testimony. God took that all the way. God took her weakness and has made it a strength for the glory of God. And I'm going to tell you today, no matter what your weakness may be, God can take that weakness and make Make it something for the glory of God. Let God arise in our weakness. Let God arise in our worship. Let God arise in our wars. Let God arise in our weariness. Let God arise for the wounded. Let God arise for the wit in our witness. Let God arise in weariness. But as we close tonight, notice in verses 31 to 35, and we're, we're done. Listen tonight, and this is where we're going to close with. Let God arise because he's wonderful. Amen.
Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth. Well, see praises unto the Lord, Selah. To him that rideth upon the heavens of heavens, which of old, lo, he does send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. Ascribe ye strength unto God, his excellencies over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O God, thou art terrible or awesome out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. Hey, let's just let God arise because he alone is wonderful. To the mathematician, Jesus knows all the numbers that need to be known. As our great physician, he heals everyone who's sent and sick. As, as a great preacher, he always preaches the right message. As a great teacher, he always has the right lesson. Listen, Jesus is our advocate with the Father. He is the best of all lawyers. He argues for you and I, and he always wins. I'm going to tell you tonight, Jesus Christ is wonderful. He's wonderful as our Savior. He's wonderful. He's a friend of all friends. Listen, he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's a, he's there for you no matter when, no matter what your situation may be. He fills your heart with gladness and he fills your heart with joy. He's there with you in the storm. He gives, he feeds your soul when it's hungry. He's there to give you comfort when you need comfort. He gets, puts our mind at ease and our souls at rest. Listen, come to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is wonderful. Because the Bible tells he's wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father, and the government shall be upon his shoulder amen he's wonderful he's wonderful is jesus wonderful to you was jesus wonderful this morning in your devotions was jesus wonderful this past week as you read your bible and prayed was jesus wonderful today as we say he's a wonderful savior to me Wonderful Jesus. Was he wonderful to you today as we opened our congregation singing with Jesus? Say, I just said, no matter what your problems may be, and no matter what your world may look like, it doesn't change the fact Jesus Christ is still wonderful. Could be tonight that he's going to come again for us. And he's wonderful because he's the blessed hope and the glorious prayer of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight I call your attention. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise in your worship. Let God arise in your wars. Let God arise when you're weary. Let God arise if you're wounded. Let God arise in our witness. Let God arise in our weaknesses. Let God arise because he's wonderful. Let God arise. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Let God arise in Heritage Baptist Church. Would you do me a favor? I love church. I'm excited about church. Amen. And for whatever reason, some people lost interest in church. You look around you, we've got 150 seats we can fill up. He's so wonderful, we ought to fill the seats up. He's so wonderful that we need to get our, we need to just, get, just call some people and say, you missed a great day in church. You say, who showed up? Who preached? Jesus preached. Jesus showed up. Amen. The word of God was preached. He said, church is boring. No, it's not. It's boring if you're not saved, but it's, boring. it's, it's exciting if you're saved. We were talking with some preachers on Wednesday afternoon. They said, you know what? And I said the same thing. I said, you know, I've gone to spiritual leadership conference probably 20, 21 straight years. And they're all great. They're great. But someone asked this question. I was with some preachers and you wouldn't know any of them. And they said, Brother Fong, they said, there's something different about here. I said, I'll tell you the difference. I'll tell you the difference. Everyone that came to the conference came hungry. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are they that thirst and hunger after righteous sake, for they shall be filled. 
Every time I go over there, overseas, especially the Philippines, and see the excitement and the fire and the enthusiasm and the hunger and the thirst for God, I feel about this big by the time the week's over. What am I doing here? I'm not doing anything for them. They're doing something for me. Who am I? Let God arise. Folks, we're 19 years old. Let God arise. Some of you have been saved over 10 years. Let God arise. Some of you just got saved recently. Let God arise. Some of you new to the church. Let God arise. Some of you yet to see God answer your prayer. Let God arise. Some of you need to get involved with so many. Let God arise. Some of us need to get involved with other people's lives. Let God arise. Hey, if your lessons, you're just getting up and reading a manual and you're, you know what? Throw away your book, open the Bible and let God arise. Let God arise. Choir, orchestra, we're doing the CD. We're going to be singing for the musical. Let God arise in the music. Let God arise in our offerings. Let God arise in our children's ministry. Listen, the hope of our future for this church is that children and team ministry. Let God arise with those young people tonight. But God arise on our campus says, you don't know how hard it is. It may be hard, but God is greater. Amen. He commandeth and sendeth the strength. We've got it all reversed. We're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to work for God. No, let God work through you. Yes. Come on, preacher. Let God work through you. And let, I mean, you read the, you read the chronicles of men like Hudson Taylor and Adonai Judson. And God arose in them. Tonight, let God arise in your soul. Father, this evening we, Ask that you would just bless Psalm 68 in our hearts. There's something there for all of us to let God arise and show himself strong and powerful and loving and mighty and compassionate and merciful. And Father, in just a moment, we give the invitation. I pray that we'd recognize today that, God, we just need to let you arise this evening. Bless the scriptures this evening. Father, help us as the spirit of God has spoken through the word. And the word has been like a sharp two-edged sword in our hearts. And the Spirit of God has reproved us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Today, have your way this evening. Get us an old-fashioned revival that, God, you'd arise in everything we do, permeating our lives and what we do. Thank you today that you, we want you to rise in our worship tonight. We want you to rise in our warfare. We want you to rise in the hearts of those who are wounded. We want you to rise in, Lord, our weariness. We need you to rise in our witness. We need you to rise in our weaknesses. We need you to rise because you're wonderful. Help us this evening. It's up to us to let God arise. I can imagine David, as the ark of God was coming into Jerusalem, he said, let God arise. He wanted God's presence to permeate the entire city, to permeate that tent where the where that tabernacle, where the ark was to be placed. And God, he said, let the strength of the Lord be there and present. And today, Lord, I just ask this evening, let God arise in our hearts. Help us to pull, move away our restraints and our fears and our insecurities and crucify him, nail him to the cross. Let Christ arise as the Lord of lords and King of kings in our life. Thank you that you are wonderful tonight. Thank you. We sang about the wonderfulness of our Savior. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Jesus. Lord, we need to see a place tonight. We just get back in love with Christ and love you for who you are. Lord, let God arise in our invitation time. We pray for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. I'm going to open the invitation. If you need to come tonight, why don't you come? Let's stand. We're just going to play through the invitation. If you need to come, maybe some of you need to come for the very first time. You need to come for the very, very first time. You've never been down the altar. You ought to make a visit and a trip with God at the altar tonight. Let God arise. Are you wounded? Are you hurting? Do you feel the blood coming out? 
may I encourage you tonight? Let God arise. He's a father of the fathers. He's a judge of the widows. He setteth the solitary in their habitation. Oh, tonight, let God arise in our worship. Has our worship been diluted? Is our worship confusing? Is our worship sensual, not spiritual? Maybe tonight God needs to rise in our worship. And maybe we're fighting some battles and we're trying to win those battles in our own strength. Let God arise in our warfare. Let God arise in our witness. It ought to be just that we make some decisions tonight. We're just going to get back involved and do our part to get people to come to church and introduce them to the gospel and hear the word of God. Let God arise in our witness. Let God arise in our weariness. Some are very weary and tired and you feel like you can't go another step. You feel like things are falling apart. Let God arise in your weariness. And for no other reason, like, let God arise because he's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Several have come. Would you come tonight? Would you find your place at the altar? Let God arise. Would you let him arise tonight? <clears throat> tonight, are you sure you're going to heaven? If today was your last day on planet Earth. You know for sure you're saved and going to heaven. We invite you tonight. Let God arise in your heart and give you the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can call him today and be your savior. Let God arise. Let God arise in our high school campuses. Let God arise in our marriages. Let God arise in our student ministry. Let God arise. Father, tonight, have your way. Be glorified in our lives. Thank you tonight how wonderful you are. Thank you tonight. We just want you to rise in our lives. We commit what we've heard tonight and what we've read in your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen.